Show and I'm your host Tito Labine, and with me as always, no T-shirt per usual, Jeffrey Keeble. I hate you. <laughs> uh, like, What's going on, brother? How, how, you, how come you just can't compliment me or something? Be like, hey, brother, that, that shirt's fitting pretty good, but just because hey. it's black. <laughs> <laughs> Like I've been hey, working, brother, that shirt's looking good. That's like how I, yoked you're looking. I thought like it was I've just been, all you. I've been, I've been working out really hard, and, and <laughs> that's stop that's, flexing your arms. That's what you, Jeez, that's what you got to tell tell me. Then here we go, and our next guest, <laughs> and with him as always, the beautiful, the magnificent Lyle Kubel. Oh, hello! Thanks for the intro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> When you introduced him, I had to like do like the slow look. I was like, "What do you mean, no?" I was like, "Oh, it's black." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, awesome! So oh, what's going on, guys? So dumb. I hate you. <laughs> like, I don't even know why I even do this. <laughs> like, get this mic away from me! I'm gonna say awful things. Yeah. <laughs> what's going on? Nothing much, dude. Uh, all showered. I didn't yeah. shower at all yesterday. I was a all greasy. Uh, I'll say it. I was a sack yesterday. <laughs> he goes, I was a sack. I it took just... a shower Saturday morning at like eight. And then I was in a wedding all day. And then all night I was sweating. I looked like a fat Pablo Escobar. And then Saturday, Sunday, I spent all day driving. And you... then. And today's the first I... time you showered since Saturday then? Yeah. Yeah. And I showered this morning. It was, it was gross. You no. pretty gross. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that, but that's yeah. I mean Jeffrey does that too sometimes. I do that all the time. I know he, he goes does. all the time. All the time. Saving, I can't handle it. Saving it, the planet, man. It's even like one of those things like where you get like so greasy where like it's your eye and then your eye starts burning. You're like, Oh, that's when <laughs> that's when I know I gotta shower though. When my yeah. eyes like burn from my grease from my face. Like it's oh. like, all right, I got I gotta shower. You go, oh. <laughs> yeah. Like when, to the point when where you start to smell like a truck driver, that's when I'm like, this is too far. <laughs> You know what I mean? A bad mess. Like we all restaurant. know what it smells like. Like when you walk into a bathroom, like a quick trip or like a mm-hmm. like one of those trucker stops, and you go to the bathroom to go potty, and you're like, "My God, it yeah. smells like a vinegary sack in here." <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know what to tell you. It smells like pickles. <laughs> what? No, it smells like pickles. <laughs> How long of a drive was that from Door County back home? And then you're sitting in there like two guys. At that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, dude, I was cutting them too on the way on the way here. <laughs> Hobie was not thrilled about it. Yeah, <laughs> just went all fucking rugged, all warriored up. Yeah, on the way home, I was, I was all warriored up. <laughs> dude, I, uh, I, all right, I kid you not. So I went to this wedding uh, mm-hmm. this weekend, and there were room blocks, but the rooms were like two hundred and two hundred some dollars a night. It was a two night minimum. And I'm like, there's no way I'm spending $200 for just myself. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring my air mattress. I'll find somewhere to stay. I was like, matter of fact, I'll just show up Saturday. And on Friday night, I'll stay with like Lyle or something. Well, then Lyle's like, oh, I'm, you know, not going to be living Green Bay. I was like, all right. So I was like, all right, well, I'll stay with my buddy Cal. 
And he's like, oh, no, dude, just stay with us Friday night. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'm on my own Saturday. He's like, ah, yeah, probably Kate. You know, I've, I mean, cleared Saturday night with her. I was like, okay. So Saturday night, my plan was to do like the sexless innkeeper. That's what I had wanted to do was then find some like that chick yeah, or even just some like regular chick, I guess. And uh, just see who like who wants a taste of me. And then I just go back and be like, no, I'm tired. And then just sleep and then not like do anything. That was that was my plan for Saturday because I'd have anywhere to stay. But my life's not that cool. So that didn't happen. So we're just no. so where'd you stay no. Saturday then with Cal? So with my buddy Cal again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the sexless innkeeper. Oh, oh no, shit. I don't want it. Yeah, I'm oh my god. You're like it didn't happen. My feet hurt. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. Oh, my feet did hurt. I was like, these dogs, I was like, these dogs are something. And my buddy Cal, he's like, these dogs are barking. I was like, yeah, whatever you white people say, it's something like that. Yeah. <laughs> my feet hurt. <laughs> knew, knew exactly what you were saying. It's <laughs> like, my feet hurt. It's like, well, your back's going to hurt. You just pulled landscaping duty. So what was the scene like for you? Single Tito up there, was it? Was it good? Yeah. You know, I don't, I love, I love, I love my buddy Tyler. I like mm-hmm. childhood friend. But he had just a very low key, like kind of like weekend, very low key yep. setup. Like all of it was very yep. like low key. Like there wasn't like a itinerary or a schedule or anything, anything planned out. I know it was we like, hey, we have we have breakfast uh, Saturday morning, uh, or we'll do a walkthrough, get some breakfast, get dressed, do the wedding. Uh, and then we'll do dinner. And then that was like it. That was like his itinerary. So, like, okay, well, like Friday night, like they had pizza. They didn't even do a rehearsal dinner or anything else nice. like that. They just had like pizza. That's what like I'm talking that. about. Yep, yep. And so I didn't, I didn't plan on being there. So I marked no for like pizza. Yeah. And me and Cal and Kate get there early enough. So we, they go get pizza. I didn't want to mess count. So we got a burger, dude, the, the, Cheesehead burger. I saw the picture. Yes. Yes. That looked delicious. Mm -hmm. That was incredible. And it had some drinks Friday night, went to bed, got up, you know, did the walkthrough. Oh, the fucking walkthrough was by the river. Cold. And it was like 30 degrees (laughs) out with with the wind. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was cold. And uh, got breakfast, got dressed, did the wedding, um, went and took some pictures, took a trolley. All right. From uh yeah, Hometown. Charlie Main Crandon. Yep. And uh yeah, we uh drank on that, visited a few spots, came back, did the dinner, and um then we went out and that was it. I mean, I'll admit the food that we ate really got gave me a pit, like a like when you're full. Yeah. And I could not shake it for like two hours, dude. I was like off in the corner by myself, like, like breathing, just heavy. (laughs) You had a burp, but you couldn't. Yeah, dude. I I could not shake it for like two hours. Everyone's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. Like, I'm just full. (laughs) Like, I just, I'm trying to drink like liquor and like, I'm trying not to drink beer because I'm so damn full. And um, no, man, like I, I couldn't like. I couldn't get a vibe. I couldn't get it going until I don't know, like seven ish, something like that eight, maybe. Yeah. And I was out in the hallway 
I was on the hallway like I was at Kleiman's wedding. <laughs> Just all on button. And Keegan comes walking out and he goes, this is like deja vu for me. <laughs> Kleiman's wedding all over again. He sat down and Keegan was like, I don't know, man. He was very, un- I don't want to say unusual, but he was like, he's like, dude, he's like, fucking love you, man. He's like, do you, do you plan on like getting married at all? <laughs> and I'm sitting, I was like looking around. I was like, are you fucking with me right now? He's like, no, man. He's like, he's like, why? He's like, why do you think that that you're single? And I'm like, what is going on? What are we doing here? I'm like, I'm like, are you fucking with me? He's like, no, I'm not fucking with you. He's like, what's your type, man? He's like, he's like, what, like, what, what are you looking for? I'm like, what are we doing, man? Yeah, like, Keegan, dad moment. He's dad yeah, in here yeah. right now. I was like, what are we doing? Is this a therapy session in the hallway? There's he's- a man that was shirtless and a towel that just asked you about pizza not three minutes ago, and you're over here trying to conduct a session. <laughs> He's seen all his friends get married and wiped up, and then there you are, battling with the food. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fighting my own demons, man. I don't don't need you adding on. (laughs) (laughs) What's your type, man? When are you going to get married? (laughs) He was, too. He's he's like, like, why do you think no one loves you? I was like, what? Did, Did you give him some answers? Did you just tell him half and half is like your type? So yeah, what no, is no, your? I can't yeah. remember. I can't remember what he had like worded. Mm-hmm. He was like, um, he's like, oh, he, I think he was like, w- like what kind of girl? Like, w- like explain to me like your perfect type of girl that you would that you would date or fall for, like Mary. Yep. All right. Let's and, hear it. and I like I kept asking him. I'm like, are you messing with me right now? Like, <laughs> what, like what are we doing? And he's like, no, man. He's like, I just care about you a lot. I'm like, are you high? And he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, I'm just wondering. And I was like. All right, all right, I guess we're going to do this. And so I kind of started explaining a little bit. And then, like, I looked over and I saw Chaz, like, recording me. And I was like, all right, never mind. I'm like, I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. It's just one of those things where, like, I know we always mess around and whatnot. But yep. I felt like that wasn't, like, the time or place, I guess, place especially. Yeah. To, like, have a, have a dude moment. And uh, then, I, I don't know, I think I started talking about eating ass. That's usually always kind yeah. of like, yeah, your, your go-to. Yeah, get out of, get out <laughs> yeah. of these situations. Yeah. The conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know a girl that lets me eat her ass. Yeah. 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 Be like, how's so. life going? Man, I love ass. Yeah. Yeah, let me tell you, her yeah. face is down, cheeks are up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm diving head first like a dog in a foxhole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how you got out of that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> It is too. I think the guy, the shirtless guy in the towel, walked by and saved me from the conversation. And I just shifted the conversation after that. <laughs> so, a therapy session. What kind of girl are you looking for? So then, after that, we uh, Tyler's like, "Hey, like, let's go to the bar." So, went to a different bar, and like the food was done at that point. Got more drinks, and then we start playing darts and uh, start playing pool, dude. It was so sweaty in that place. Like. I'm going to have to send you guys a picture. It looked kind of congested, like yeah, packed yeah, a little bit yeah. where you guys were at. It didn't look like there was much room. But no, there wasn't at all. Yeah. And there were a few times where like, um, I don't know. I asked uh, my friend's girlfriend. Um, so she helps me out with like stuff like that. Like, like, like why, like why I don't like certain things, but like we went to this bar and like when people are trying to go by when people are trying to go by, like it gives me like so much anxiety where like, it makes me super uncomfortable. Yeah. Like if I'm like, I'm a, I'm a big enough dude. If I'm in like a small shop 
and I'm like looking at stuff and you know, you know, the whole rigmarole you walk in and there's usually a path you go on around the store and then you leave like when you're looking, Mm -hmm. well, when I'm looking at something and there's like a line of like eight people, seven people behind me, I just, I'm just like, all right, fuck it. And then like, I move out of the way and I leave the store and I'm like, like, I hate it. Yeah. So the same thing in this bar that everyone's trying to order a drink. There's like 15 of us and there's like a server trying to go by and serve food. And I'm like, eh, I don't want to be here. So I walked out and went to the trolley where there's still free alcohol. Yeah. And uh, I talked with the trolley driver and the guy's from like fucking Botswana. <laughs> and uh, it was like the craziest thing. Like he was a child and he left home and he had to cross the border and like find his way to like Europe. And then he took a train from Europe to like London. And then from London, he flew here to New York and then found his way in Door County where he met his wife. Damn. No, I'm just kidding. I was going to say, damn. Off the top of my head. I was say, damn. Holy shit. It sounds like a movie. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good picture you just sent us. Yeah, what are you talking about? It looks. That's sexual, sexualized right there. It's like, um, that's, that's a Tinder picture. Like a right Joker feeling. Yes. yes <laughs> All right. I'm saying is, like, I was super sweaty. That was at the end of the night. You can't tell you're super sweaty. Yeah. I'm super thirsty right now and I want to drink. Uh, <laughs> no. I had a shirt on underneath it. And like right at the bar, dude, I just unbuttoned my white shirt, took the like white shirt or the black shirt underneath it off, put the white shirt back on and and I just left it unbuttoned. And then I like had the jacket and the vest off that were like off in the corner. I think that's a good picture. Yeah, it's a good picture. Really good. I should I should send you the unedited one. I look like a sweaty mess. Yeah, then you're going to yeah, see yeah. it. <laughs> Let me take the filters off real quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look like I just got done fucking <laughs> <laughs> so so what's like what's the plan now for this weekend you got anything coming up um i might go i think uh tyler keegan was saying that crandon plays a high school game uh versus unity high school and i guess it's like an hour 20 minutes from here so i might go friday night but otherwise i kind of wanted to go to like a haunted house or something here in mm. minneapolis nice oh shit do something like that i mean Currently, I'm uh, two say, days of unemployment. I was just so. gonna say that. I'm just gonna say that, and so you don't have a job right now. Nope. Well, I, I mean, you I do, but you don't. Yeah. What? Yeah. But, but then I have this podcast at noon, mm-hmm. and then tomorrow I have a I have something that I gotta um, attend for my new job. Like before I even start, it's like an hour long. Like you got to go somewhere, or, or is it like an online thing? Uh, it's like an online thing. It's like a new hire. Mm. Thing that they do, I think, every Tuesday. Yep. And, uh, yeah, new employee onboarding from 11 a.m. to noon. And then you start Wednesday? Yep, and then I start Wednesday. Oh, nice. What time you got to get up to turn on your laptop? <laughs> I actually have to go in on Wednesday. Oh, do you? Uh, like, you said, I thought yeah. this thing was remote. This is a bunch of horse shit. Yeah. <laughs> Show up all pissed off. Yeah. Like, I already moved to Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> I had to commute five hours. Yeah. Yeah, I should email back, like, I'm not going to even be back in Minneapolis till 8 a.m. Yeah. Wednesday. Uh, but, are you excited? No, man, that was, that was the weekend. Nice. You know, most people just listen to our podcast to listen to you. Yeah, your shenanigans. Because I'm over here trying to do, like, adult shit, and I had nothing fun that happened. Yeah, I was trying to go snagging with you, but. Yeah, I seen those texts. I seen those texts. I thought the same thing, too. You said what I was thinking. (laughs) 
on those texts. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> you right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What a what a clown, right? <laughs> Whatever. I was ready. I was ready. It's like you are not. My brother, like, my brother was down by me to take care of mm-mm. my kid for the night. I don't know how much uh, we can say, but allowing me to go out. There was a certain somebody that we've been trying to help you with for a while. No, he yeah, told me, Jeffrey. He, I mean, oh. I mean, before that, like, oh, but that's then then he called bullshit. He goes. <laughs> Yeah, but always wingmanning. But for I'm you. saying he is, that Tito is always wingmanning. But for I'm, you. I'm just saying that I could have just went out out to the bars with him and hung out. No, oh, now you're saying just to hang out. Not, not, no, 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 not <laughs> even hang out, but mm-hmm. just to go out and see what. Not see what kind of fish are out there. Yeah, not <laughs> hang out with white people that are just crazy. What do you think are going to be at the bar? Me and you hanging out. Crazy white people. That's what the bar scene is. Crazy Why white do you think people I'm there all the time. <laughs> what do you think yeah, I'm there all yeah. the time? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but, I yeah. Get it. but no, I just want to, well, mainly I just want to hang out with you. So whatever. Sorry. Okay. Is this a fuck with Tito session? Like, what are we doing here? No, for real. That's why I, th- I seen that. You've you been were, talking to Keegan. I seen, yeah, that, right? I seen that you were in Appleton. I was like, Hey, you know what? Lyle's coming up by me. I was like, he's going to watch my kid. I was like, I can hang out with Tito. And then nope, nothing. I was like, me and Tito could get down on a deeper level. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's not. As, I, as I'm looking at my hand. Yeah, yeah let's not Can't even look me in the eyes yeah. about it. He's like, oh. <laughs> that's funny. But, but, no, but dude. Yeah, super, super crazy encounter too this weekend with yeah. uh, our guest, Mr. Crazy Joe and uh, Adam Youngblood Cappert and Matt Vander Hooven Haggins Stugan. The dude's got like the longest name. Yeah. Ever. Where are the odds you running into him? Matthew, but uh, that dude's got a long name. He goes Vander Matthew. Hayden. Vander Hayden. He goes, Matthew. Are we, we going to, does our next guest know that we're calling him? Uh, I think he's currently at uh, lunch right now. What? Yeah. He goes, I'm at lunch currently. I can let you know when I'm done. What time was that? Six minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> So you hold off on lunch. Like, you don't even need, a, like, a proper lunch. He could take lunch whenever he wants. I know, right? I know. I let him know, too. I said. It's 1230-ish. Do we wait? Uh, yeah, I guess. And then how late are we? 20, 20 minutes? Yeah, we're. Like we said ish. Hour, right? It's ish. See, yeah. and, and people think that we got our shit together when we do this podcast. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Far from it. <laughs> yeah, they're Far like, from it. They're like, oh, it flows really well and everything. I was like, no, we're, we struggle right up until I turn on that laptop. Yeah. You know, he's going to be gone for a little bit to eating. Who? Our guest. Our, oh. Our yeah. next guest. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? Yeah. What do you want to do? Do you want to do Applebee's commercial? Applebee's or? commercial. Yeah, and then we'll come back. Yep. All right, folks. Okay. Applebee's commercial, right? Now. The walls were shaking. The earth was quaking. My mind was shaking. And we were making it in you. Should be all night long. Yeah, you. Should be all night long. And knock me out of you. Get five boneless wings for just $1 with any burger. Only at Applebee's. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. And we are back from our uh, Applebee's commercial. And you're uh, out there living good in the neighborhood. What more can you want? 
Yeah. Half off apps. <laughs> yep. Half half off apps. <laughs> Not sure what commercial we went with, but let's go with the half off apps. I miss the half apps. Half and half? Trump. <laughs> what are you doing? I am Google or getting something. Just you know what? Shh, shh, Come on, shh, we we are live. You had twenty minutes. You had an hour to do this. I had to go. I had to go piddle. You did not. Who's well, on what the do you phone? think on that I'm doing then? Who, who's you think on the I'm phone? just doing this for my health? Who's on the phone? No one's on the phone. <laughs> You're not even All paying right. attention to us. <clears throat> make me feel wanted. Okay. I'm your wingman. I'm always make you feel wanted. And you don't even go for it. <laughs> yeah. Here, Jeffrey, here's some water to drink. And you're like, nah, I'm good. I'm uh, dehydrated right. as fuck, too. All right. Oh, I all want right. a steak. Okay, right. here's Here a go. steak. It's all right. All right. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, you ready for no. our guest? You ready for our guest? Hey, Jeffrey, here's some chips. All right, no, here we I'm go. Okay. Calling our guest. No, right no, now. I'm okay. I don't want to know. I'm just I'm too shy. We are calling. I'm too shy. I'm too shy for the steak, calling. bro. And he is on line one. I don't even know if I want the steak. He's on line one. He's on line one. All righty. <laughs> and our next guest had the weekend of his life. With us today, a seven-time Pro Four Points champion, a four-time World Cup champion, and a, I believe, potentially, possibly, I think, one time, correct me if I'm wrong, pro stock side-by-side champion, we have the great, none other than the Monster Energy number 33 of Crazy Joe Greaves. What's up, fellas? What's going on, brother? What'd you have for lunch? I had some chili. You had chili. That took an hour. No. Well, you guys, it was just bad timing. You know? <laughs> Sat down and then I looked at the time and I'm like, man, and I just ordered food and by the time they got it to me and then I got back. I was like, you know, I thought, I mean, the best weekend of my life, I thought you were going to start off with last Saturday. <laughs> 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 I mean, let's go ahead and uh, let's let's start. Like before we even talk about that lame Labor Day weekend, how'd your last weekend go? Well, it was uh I think you said it best, one of the most random nights of my life. Because <laughs> <laughs> a couple of my buddies me. and I were supposed we went to Fall Fest, or whatever they call it, Fall Down Fest in Sister Bay, and we were supposed to stay up there. But we showed up a little bit later than a bunch of people, so we were much uh, less intoxicated by 7.30, and they yeah. were much more intoxicated. So we're like, all right, a good bit of our friends are going back to Surgeon Bay because that's where they stay and have cabins, whatever. We'll just go with them, go back. So we go back, and we go bar hopping, and next thing you know, I'm walking down the road, and I see Chaz standing outside. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> this looks like – I'm like I'm like – Quite a ways away. I'm like over a block away. I'm at the stop sign and he's down there. And I'm like, I think that's Chaz to one of my buddies. And they're like, no, I'm like, dude, I think it is. So we start yelling Chaz. And then as we're getting like halfway there, I'm like, you guys, that's not him. Definitely not Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get up close and I'm like, shit, it is Chaz. And Chaz is like, oh my gosh. 
he didn't even wait two seconds. He's like, you need to come in here right now. And he grabbed me by like my hoodie sleeve, <laughs> my shoulder and started dragging me in. And the first person I see is Catherine. When I walk in, I'm like, Oh boy, here it goes. <laughs> it's about to happen. Walk in the door and there it is. There's everyone. And the first person I was like, all right, I know Keegan and Chaz are here. I didn't know Tito was there and we're standing up top and I'm talking to Keegan and next thing you know, I'm like, is that Tito down there? He's like, fuck yeah. Go up behind Tito, give him a little love. And the look on his face when he was turning his head to see who was doing that to him was freaking priceless. <laughs> <laughs> what, were, what were you doing to him? Well, you know, I came up behind him, gave him the good one up too. <laughs> the one up too. <laughs> the one up too. I like that. How did that feel, Tito? Dude, I was ordering a drink and I just thought it was just like another, I, I don't want to say like another person, but it, I thought it was just another person in the friend group that was like trying to get my attention or like trying to like, like, hey man, buy me a drink. Kind of like one of those, you know, when your friends come up to you kind of thing. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, who's touching me? And I turned around and I was like, what the fuck am I looking at right now? I could not believe who was standing there. I'm like, because it's, you don't expect anyone other than like your friend group. Cause there weren't a lot of people in there. And no, the next thing I know, it was like a snap of a finger. <laughs> Do you say smell a finger? No, I said oh. the, the snap of a finger. Oh, all they said, you could think you just smelled a finger. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty random. Like, yeah, here's CJ come up behind me. He goes, hey, smell this. And I'm like, what in the world is that? <laughs> <laughs> Smells like a good panini. I mean, but yeah. no, dude, super fucking random night. I cannot believe that you walked in and then there was uh, fucking young blood was there and then. Vander Hayden was there, and I'm like, I, mm-hmm. I just, I completely forgot where I was. It's like, where the fuck am I? I'm like, oh, this is Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, and just the most yeah, random right. bar ever. The random, like, little tiny hole in the wall bar. Like, most of the people we were with that were from there, were like, yeah, we don't, we don't usually go there. And what's super funny is we were at our friend's cabin beforehand, and this, uh, her parents are like, well, you can always just go to Stone Harbor because they got a band and a wedding. So when the band sucks, you just crash the wedding. And we're like, yeah, that, that, that sounds like a good idea to do. Right. And then we find out afterwards, Keegan's like, yeah, we just left stone Harbor. We, you know, there's a couple people there. We, we just had to leave. And I'm like, no shit. We were going to crash your guys' wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's so insane, man. Like, I, I don't know. We, we just weren't feeling it, man. There's just a bunch of random people in the bar and we thought it was going to be like a lot of the wedding guests and it wasn't. So we were like, well, fuck it. If we're going to be surrounded by random people, we might as well go like to a bar or something. And so we went to that bar, played darts, dude. I was like 200 degrees. I was so sweaty, dude, in that bar. Where did you, uh, yeah. where did you guys go afterwards? Uh, we went back to my buddy's cabin, but I was like, Thank gosh we met up at the time we did. Because if we would have met up like an hour or two earlier, oh, oh, it oh you guys would have turned one on? It would have been <laughs> turned on like to no, no return. Basically, two of the people in our group blacked out Friday night and were like on their way there Saturday night. And then me and Capert. We're both just like not feeling it because it was rainy. We were at Fall Fest first and it was cold. It was only 40 degrees or 30 something degrees and it was raining the whole time. So it was really hard to like get into it. And luckily, 
it, it was a, it was almost a blessing in disguise. If like we would have met up like an hour or two earlier, yeah, it would have been lights out. <laughs> Dude. Okay, I cuz I think when you had met me, I think I was just I don't want to say at the peak drunkness, but I was definitely nowhere near sober. So I think, yeah, an hour earlier when I was like on the up and up and ready to kind of just throw all inhibitions of the wind. Yeah. I think it would have been bad. I think we would have jumped in the river to be honest. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Dude, Keegan absolutely. was all for it that night. He kept telling me, he said, we can jump in the river, bro. I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then come about one 30. I was like, nah, man, I'm fucking not wanting to die right now. <laughs> Keegan was on one when we walked in the door. Yeah. Whether you wanted something or not, you got it. <laughs> Tito know, probably knows exactly what I was talking about. Dude, uh, well, I was just telling these guys, man, just a little earlier in the night, we were sitting in the hallway and he like asked me, he's like, hey, he's like, Tito, he's like, do you, uh, he's like, do you think, you think you, do you want to get married? Like, what, what kind of girl you look, what's your type? And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I just want to know like what kind of girl you want, you know, like what, what's your type? Like, who do you think, what kind of girl do you think is going to love you? And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, we're not doing this right now. I'm like, are you fucking with me? He's like, no, man. He's like, I just, I care for you, man. I'm like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. It was, no, was, it was a night to remember. Fucking, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so glad I took that. I think that was like the one picture I took uh, after, after the wedding. Like, at, like after the wedding, I think I took one of us in like the trolley and then I took that one. And that was the only other picture I have from like that wedding. And it's just super fucking random. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like I, I had everyone's Instagram, like, uh, uh, of the, the picture, like the people in that picture, I knew everyone in that picture. I could not, you, you would, if you would have told me like 24 hours beforehand, be like, Hey, you're going to take one of the most random pictures of your life. I, I would never have guessed that. <laughs> Right, yeah, you're gonna run and into it, CJ in Door County. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, and it was just—it's just so crazy because we weren't even supposed to be back down there in the first place. We were supposed to stay in Sister Bay, and we just didn't end up staying there because we're like everyone else is. It, we we just came at the wrong time, so it's like we ended up just leaving, and then we end up meeting up with them, and we weren't even supposed to be there in the first place, and it was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> we we thought you guys were gonna join. Uh, uh, come with us to the other bar. And I, I feel well, like, go ahead. Half of them did. <laughs> half of them, half of our group went with your group. And the other half of us was still sitting there because they were finishing their drinks and we were bullshitting for a minute. And as it went on, we were all sitting there bullshitting. We're like, hmm, a couple of us that weren't like completely three sheets to the wind were like, you know, is this the road we're going to go down right now? Like if we go up there, there's no turning back. It's, there's, there's no turning back once you walk in the door. Like, so we have to be sure that this is what we want to do. And two of them were like half falling asleep because they were so drunk already sitting there. And I'm like, I don't know, guys, it, it, just so you know, you, you need to be aware. Like, do you remember Sunday night at Fall Crandon? Okay. When we went back to Keegan's tent. Keegan is in Keegan mode. It, it is it is all in. <laughs> yeah. All in yeah. right now. If you're going to go up there, it's going to be all in till they basically kick you out. And 
majority of them were like, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I'm like, you know, this, this is probably the smarter move to do. <laughs> so originally they were just dropping off half of our group back off of the cabin. And the two that were, were supposed to come back as we were walking up to the car, they were like, you know, we should really just get the other half right now. Like if we come back, yeah, it's going to be really bad. We're better off just to go right now. <laughs> you know what? That might have been a really good call because I could see like that being a, a two storms meeting kind of thing. I mean, we, yeah. we were already a fucking nuisance in the bar that the second bar that we were in because we got there and it was like, I don't know, like half full, a little over halfway full. And then we got in there and started acting like idiots and it cleared out pretty quick. <laughs> So, the one that we I, met you in or the one that you went to after both <laughs> yeah. yeah the first bar we had there i don't know there might, have, might have been 10 15 people there and then we brought our crew in and then oh yeah it, it cleared out and then once we get to the other bar i think same thing there's maybe about 20 people in there and then we got in there and just people cleared out they're like we're not having this like we were we were being so obnoxious the second one was poos yeah poos so one of the guys in there raced stock truck. In oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Because the other kid that was with us was Jared Jaden. He runs Pro-Am Sports uh, Side-by-Side. Yeah. And he's from Luxembourg. So they, they knew that area better. And he knew a bunch of the people in there that were race champ, I guess. That's so insane, dude. That's so fucking wild. I, I don't know, like. I think we got done. It was one thirty. when I finally got, uh, when I decided to leave. Um, but yeah, no. And then I spent like five, six hours driving the next day, not, not hungover. So, I mean, that was, that was not as cool. Um, what about you, man? How'd your, how'd your weekend end? Where was that kind of like the, the peak and then went home, passed out and called it a weekend. That was, well, so I didn't drink. I drank maybe two drinks the whole night. And then Capper didn't drink also for some reason, which is crazy because we yeah. all know young blood. Yeah. And he was blacked out puking the night before. So maybe that's like the reason that he was a little low key on Saturday. But we ended up going back to the cabin and then my buddy's cabin and then just driving back to Green Bay. Damn, damn, damn. But well, let me tell you, sleeping in your own bed till 1030 the next day was worth it. <laughs> Dude, I woke up this morning with a sore throat from snoring so hard. That's. Uh, <laughs> that's all you know, I'm fucking loving that bed, but. Dude. All right. Well, I guess we'll uh, let's talk about your lame weekend uh, in, in September. Um so was there any race that you didn't win that you, that you started? Uh, both my pro turbo races. Oh yeah. Cause you went from, uh, you, la, 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 la. you started out the season with stock and pro four, right? No, I ran pro turbo all year. Okay. Turbo. Well. And then when did you move to stock? Was that bark river or Lena? No, I ran all three all year. Yeah. All three, all year, all three, all year. I thought you did only two. <laughs> no, no we I, did, I, I did triple duty all year. Yeah, where, where was I? 
When we talked to him in Anigo, he said that he was only going to test the waters in his turbo. And oh. Then, but then he ended up running it all all year. Yep. I well, figured I would bite the bullet once instead of twice. Like, obviously, making the switch was a big deal and was going to be, like, a lot of learning. I've never driven anything with a CVT. I've never worked with a CVT. I don't know anything about belts or clutching or anything like that. So I figured if... I did both classes because eventually um, that's what Polaris wanted was to do both as long as I could. Obviously, the RS1 was discontinued this year, 2022. So they it's only approved through 2023. And then um, they're no longer going to allow the RS1. So the, the plan kind of was 2022, run the RS1. Um, figured out 2023, you'll have the RS1 figured out and then let's get into the turbo class and then 2024 and beyond, obviously the RS1 won't be legal. So we'll have to drop it and just run the turbo class. Um, but we built my turbo car and I ran it at Antigo. And then the more we thought about it, the more we're like, you know what, instead of having like two years of fighting and like learning and going back and forth, let's just do it all in one year. Yeah, it might be a shitty year for a good part of it, but at least it's one year of putting in crazy hours and doing everything you can to learn and whatever to sort it out and get your feet wet instead of doing it, dragging it out between two years of doing it. So we ended up just running both cars all year, and I'm definitely glad we did. Um, now that you say something, I remember you, um, when we interviewed you at Crandon, uh, just kind of like the differences of going from stock to turbo to pro four. Um, uh, I, I know you had said it before, but I, it, it's, it was kind of cool to like hear you say it, but talk about the difference from going from like stock to turbo to pro four, just kind of that increasing, um, I don't know, I, I, I guess, uh, the difficulty I, I think from, from one to the next. Yeah. It was, I would say it was, uh, more people struggled. Like for instance, I'm running three four wheel drive cars and starting off the day with the least amount of power and then going up from there. Um, I know a lot of people or even years previous, I ran pro four and then like a two wheel drive class that, that was a lot more of a mindset change than it is running the UTVs, um, to pro four, just being that they're all four wheel drive. But it's definitely fun, the difference, because the, the it makes, for 100%, makes me a better driver running um, something that's a lot slower and then a lot faster because the uh, pro stock is all about momentum, 100% about momentum. You got to carry speed. You got to, like, you're, you're literally just barely moving your hands on the steering wheel trying not to like let it step out or anything. You're trying to keep it right on the edge of the cushion, keep it as straight as you can, like not break any momentum. And then obviously as you go up through the classes, you end up getting a little more power and a little more power and, and so on. And then um, you kind of take a little bit from each class and can spread it out. Like the knowledge you get from each one and spread it out. The turbo obviously has more power, so you don't have to be as worried about um, carrying a lot of speed but it teaches you like, all right, momentum and carrying speed is your friend. You don't necessarily need to use all that power. If you come in here and pro four, even pro turbo, whatever, 
you don't have to be backed in there or be completely sideways. If you come in nice and smooth and you can make your car work that way, you can run the momentum line and be easier on your equipment, um, all around just, uh, smoother and a more consistent line. But it also, you also have to remember going from then when you go back to reset, when you get back in the, the slower cars, you can't drive it like a pro four, a pro four. Yes, you are going to huck it in and you're going to try to drive it around as much as you can and keep it smooth and pointed straight, kind of like go-kart style. Cause ideally if you could run the whole race like that in every corner would suit that style, that's going to be the fastest way around the track, but it doesn't always work that way. I mean, it's, it's dirt, it's off road. There's a lot of different things that are going on and the track gets watered and prepped in between and some turns are prepped and some turns don't. So you get a lot of different um, things thrown at you real quick, but you got to remember going into each one of them that there's, there's something to take from each one and the driving style, you can use a little bit of each of them, but at the end of the day, you got to remember what car you're in. Do you, do you ever um, find that, racing stock and then into turbo and a pro four, like you said, gradually working up in speed. Does that help you? Like if you drive stock, does that help you then into turbo kind of seeing, having seen the track, having seen how it's watered kind of already gotten like a race under your belt to be more relaxed. And then by the time you get to pro four, you're like, Hey, I've seen this track, you know, two races in already. I've already got races under my belt. I'm, I'm pretty relaxed. Does that help? Do you think? And, and could you imagine going back to just doing, a pro four once a day. Yeah. I mean, it definitely hundred percent helps to be out on the track more. Um, nine times out of 10, say there's a, there's a hole in the finish line turn. Cause that was just, a, we'll just use that for example. It was really common at Crandon this year, um, right along the wall, like a car length and a half out or a car length off the wall. There was a big hole. Well, usually it, the same hole develops all year, all weekend long. Um, whether they can get it packed in or not, because it's not like, doesn't have a crust, like a base to it. Once that piece of hard dirt, like breaks out of there, it kind of develops there all, all weekend long. So being able to be out there, um, the race prior or, or just out there more often, um, definitely helps because you, uh, pro stock doesn't wreck the track nearly as bad as a pro four or a turbo to a pro four or anything like that. But pro stock the tracks a lot more one line we don't open it up as much so we get to see kind of the bottom what's going to break away first on the bottom we're like the first class that starts taking little chunks out because prior pro stocks the first one on the track and then um i think it's pro light and pro spec and then pro mod so it gives you a good aspect of what the track's going to do i went out i get to go out right away on a fresh track right after opening ceremonies um, after they typically do track maintenance, try to pack it in, try to keep it smooth. And then we kind of break it apart a little bit. And then, um, which, which also helps being that when 90% of the year I spotted for KGB, I was able to tell him kind of where the holes were developing a race in a, or the race before him. And, and it's always not exactly the same because they run a different line than we do. They open the track up a little bit more. But it gives you a good a good idea going into each race further forward, like moving forward, what the track's going to kind of do, how it's been developing all day. And even more than that, um, I've always, even in my motocross career, 
um, was just slow at the very beginning of the race, probably till the last three years, I was really shitty at qualifying. Like I couldn't qualify to save my ass nine times out of 10. I was a freaking third to fifth place guy. And then I could go out in the race and run the fastest lap of the race and run up front with everybody and be battling for wins. But I couldn't just like throw down a heater. And I was the same way in motocross. It took me a couple laps, the first two laps of every moto to get going. Well, it, it, luckily I've kind of got out of that habit a little bit, but it helps getting out in the UTV early on, getting the bot, getting your blood flowing, getting to see the track, like kind of getting into that racing mindset. And then after that, it all happens pretty quick. There's only a race, basically a race in between each class. So you have a little bit of time to, to debrief and figure out, um, get your mindset going the right way in the next class and then keep moving forward. Would, could you, I guess, I, I don't, I, I guess would or could, um, would you, or could you ever go back to just racing just pro four? Or, or do you think that the, the, you know, the stock is just, I, I mean, obviously it's a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of track time there, you know, and it's something that you can do. Would you, or could you ever go back to just doing pro four? Um, I preferably wouldn't, I, I don't really care what other class I run. I just like to get out there and race. I mean, we spend obviously a lot of time and money and have a lot of fans and everyone else that come there to see you race. And it's, it's unfortunate for the guys that do only run one class because I mean, a lot of people give up days and work, give up their vacation to come to these events that, want to see their favorite driver or their favorite drivers or people that they like to watch race race. So the more you get out on the track, the more excited they are, the more people you can draw in and the more fun we have overall. So, I mean, I, ideally I would like to not go back to two classes or a, a single class, but if it ever came to that, I don't think it would be a, a huge deal. So I think before we go into kind of like your mindset over the weekend, um, what was, like you said, you were, you were, uh, spotting for KGB. Um, were you helping him out kind of going into the weekend and, and kind of helping him out with, um, spotting mentality, stuff like that. Cause he was in a very, very close points race with the, uh, with, with the pro light guys. Um, and especially with his history with the, with the Cran and curse, were you there to offer any kind of like help or advice or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, it, it was, it was nice I would say on my half being that I've already been in a position like that and can kind of relay to him. And I think overall, I mean, throughout the weekend, even starting at the beginning of the weekend, I was over there at their pit anytime, anytime I could, whether it was talking with Corey or Kurt or Lynn or Kyle or whoever on the team, like it's, it's a hundred percent, hundred ten percent of team effort. Right. So you need your people in your corner there supporting you 110%. And a lot of the times it's hard to keep like your crew and your mind, your crew's mind like upbeat because it's just, it's stressful, right? It's, it's pressure. It's a position that a lot of them on their team have never been in and don't exactly like, how are you supposed to handle it? Right? Like what, what is the go-to? Well, there's not like a, a freaking handbook on how to act on championship day when it's tight or anything like that. So a lot of the times, a lot of teams are kind of walking on eggshells because they don't want to say or do anything that might 
um, feel like that they messed up the mindset of their driver or anything like that. So just going over there and talking with all of them all the time, there was, there was some decisions that I kind of thought were, were good things to do right from the, from the get go. Um, I love my uncle Kurt to death and he's been a huge part of, of our crew and, and our success and everything else. And I would never put anything bad against him, but we've all known what, what has happened in the, in spotters towers and everything else previous. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's no secret of anything that's happened. So something that I originally instantly brought up is, I mean, eventually Corey is, is, going to be what Kurt was to my dad, right? That's, that's the ultimate goal or what Brad is to my dad or what Devin is to me, Corey being Kyle's older brother, um, who had a way bigger role this year than he's ever had. So my input was let's get Corey up in the spotter stand. No matter what happens, champ is very, very strict on anything that happens after the race, whether you bump somebody, whether something is said in the driver's stand or the spotter stand, they're very, very strict on that. So going into it, there was suggestions that I made like, Kurt, maybe you go down by Kyle in the beginning and get him all tucked in or w- whatever you want to do and put Corey up in the spotter stand because a lot of things could happen. Who knows? Like, you know what I mean? Like the last thing you want is an altercation in the driver's stand or the spotter stand to happen. And then it costs somebody the race, right? That That would be the worst case scenario. And like I said, Kurt's been way better than he, than past and whatever. Um, so never did I think that it was going to come to that, but I definitely didn't want that. You could tell all weekend long. Kurt was definitely, uh, at the beginning of the weekend, I should say Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, he was, he was stressed out for Kyle, which he had every right to be. I mean, his son was battling for, the first championship in his career. And it was winner take all between three dudes on the track. Like that's, that's something that doesn't happen very often. That's like the the highest pressure you can put on anybody. So just going into it all and being able to be in that position made it better. I would say, um, and being able to talk to Corey and Isaac and, and everybody on a level playing field and keep everybody kind of on the same playing field. And even, going out before the races um, that one of the first things I would say to him is no matter what happens, you guys fought for it all year long. Like you can't control every race, right? It's, you can only do the best you can in that race that day. And that's all you can do. So you fought all year long. You're standing here going out on the track to, to fight for a championship, hold your head high, no matter what. And I think that really, helps the team in general um and the driver that's something Devin I think has really set off on me the bet the best was he came across the radio I mean there's been years that we really struggled um it, the overall result may not show it but like single event results when we got the new truck like we were just struggling 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 we were able to stay in the fight because we were getting seconds and thirds but we weren't really there to to battle for wins And the one thing he always came on the radio and said was, just give me your best today. If a third is all you got, that's all you got. I'm never going to be mad. Just give me your best, whatever it is. And that's something I, anyone I help or spot for, I always feel like that's one of the best messages you can tell them because as a driver, not only do you want to win, but you have a whole crew behind you 
that wants you to win as well. And if you don't win a lot of there's drivers out there that feel like they let their whole team down and they're going to be, feel like they're going to be treated different or, you know, something like that. And that's one of the worst feelings as a driver. So if you can get that out of their mind going into it, and that was kind of my main goal was to, to kind of take the championship out of the picture um, as far as verbally and the mindset while he was sitting on the line wasn't about going out and winning the championship. It was going out and do your best you got today, leave it all on the line and just know that you guys put your heart and soul into it all year long. And you were able to stand here regardless of the results and say, we're here to fight for the championship with one race to go. And overall, obviously it, it worked out and he was able to sweep the weekend and just have a killer weekend. Um, but going into it, being able to have that experience, I think definitely played a role. Yeah. And, and not to take away, obviously from your, you know, a pro four points championship that weekend. Um, but like you said, you know, he was kind of in that really close battle with, with the, um, uh, with the other pro light guys, you know, Brock and, and Trey, um, first of all, I, I think that that's a great message from Devin, you know, like you said, is, is just give me your best today. And, and that's all you can ask for. Um, so when that, when that pro light race started, I guess, like, where were you at? Were you up, uh, like in the stands, were you back, uh, in staging? I don't think I recall you back in staging just yet. Um, but were you able to kind of celebrate that pro light points championship with them? Or I guess like, when did, were you able to kind of like, celebrate with him in that in that way on saturday so i spotted for him every race all year other than bark river was the only race just because of the rain conditions they weren't doing track maintenance whatever every other race all year long i spotted for him so i was spotting i had Corey up in the spotter stand Corey greaves and then i mm -hmm. spotted with um kurt standing right in front of me in the bleachers um in turn one so it was, it was cool because Kurt actually, I'm pretty sure Kurt didn't have a radio, um, that race. He went down, tucked Kyle in, got him ready to go, came up to the bleachers and stood next to me or right in front of me. My dad, my dad was standing on one side and Kurt was standing right in front of me and my whole family was up there and Kurt didn't have a radio that it, for what I believe that time. And just seeing the emotion that it was, it was unfortunate that like out of all things, like, and I know it's, it's not necessarily the greatest thing to say, but the chip, my championship to me was, yeah, was it great? Was it awesome? Yes. I love winning championships. I fought for them. I, we feel like we do our best, but it's not that first one, right? It isn't that first one. So it was, it was bittersweet. I got to be on the radio with him the whole race, kind of help him out through it, do everything I can to get him, keep him calm. That was the biggest thing was just keeping him calm, keeping him smooth. Like he had a really fast truck. He was driving really good lines. There was obviously things that we picked up on that Brock is known for early in races after restarts, whatever. And we were both aware of, um, it was stuff that I've picked out. And then I had made sure that he was ready for say in practice and qualifying. There was, things that I had him try just so that he could do it because it's things, it was a protective line that had to be, that he had to be capable of doing because Brock's really good at it. Brock's really good at coming in really hot, getting it slowed down, sliding across the bottom and just taking your line. It's a clean pass. It's, it's effective, but 
it, most of the time it just catches people off guard. And Kyle's not one to run a line like that. His setup, his tires, everything um, is just better for running the cushion. So there was right uh, in practice. I had him try lines like Brock ran. And one of the times he spun out and he's like, I've never even tried it. And he's like, I'm, I'm glad I did because he over rotated. He's like, it was, it was like, that would have been the race. If I would have went out there and, yeah. and had used the line that I wasn't familiar with, then I would have just over rotated like I did now. Cause I thought that's how they were doing it. Anyways, regardless of all that, um, it was bittersweet because obviously I had to race right afterwards. So I couldn't go down to the podium with them. That would have been the, the cherry on top was, would be seeing them get out of that truck and, and everything else. But, um, Kurt was standing in front of me when the checkered flag came out and my whole family was there and we were all cheering and Kurt had tears running down his face, standing in front of me. And, and I had to put the emotions away and go get in my, in my <laughs> turbo car. But on, on the hindsight, Corey and Kyle were there. Um, when I won the, the pro four championship. So coming to the end, um, they, uh, were standing there when I got out of my truck. So it, and we obviously all went up on the podium and took pictures together as, as one big team and, and everything, but it would have been really cool to be able to be down on the podium when he got out of his truck as well. Uh, where do you think um, this kind of like uh, older brother, older cousin mentality is, is kind of come from, because I mean, you definitely are, you know, a leader in uh, short course off road, especially when it comes to like the side by side stuff, or even like you obviously, as you just described uh, just before uh, Kyle's race, you know, offering all kinds of advice and experience. And, and do you think that what has kind of put you in that role is the experience and this success? And and why do you feel that you're just super comfortable with, with kind of being that leader. Cause some people aren't, some people are really good at not being good at, good at leaders, but you know, from what I'm understanding and hearing is that you, you're a fantastic kind of mentor already. You know, I just had, I had really good people behind me. I had people that had no reason or rhyme to be behind me or, or try to mentor me in general. And they did. Um, we've had a lot of different drivers between Jeremy McGrath and Marty Hart and um, just a lot of people come through our shop that really had no reason to be a part of it and stepped outside their box and did and, and had great things to say and things that stuck to you and things, people that have had so much success. I mean, between Jeremy McGrath, Ricky Carmichael, um, Ryan Villapoto, these are all guys that have raced with us that we know on like a personal basis that all have had things to say or been a part of doing something with us that have been way more successful than I'll ever be. Right. They, they've went and won King of Supercross and the greatest of Supercross all, all around. And then you got obviously Ryan Villapoto. That's, that's arguably one of the best there ever was in motocross and Supercross as well. That really had no reason to, be as friendly as they had to, to me or my family or my team or anything like that. And they did. And in the big picture that that's kind of what wore off on me was there's, there's people that have way more success than I'll ever have and are way more well-known and whatever. And they didn't treat me any different than anybody else. And they were a straight stand up, straight up guy that 
didn't have to be. I mean, there, there's so many celebrities out there that you fully expect them just to be a dick. Cause you're like, well, they probably deal with people all, all year long. You know what I mean? Like being in their face and trying to like get their autograph, whatever. A lot of those people come off like stuck up or they just, they deal with it their whole life. So the, the minute they can get away from it, they kind of want to. And these guys didn't act that way towards me at all or my team or my family or anything. So that, that wore off on me as, as like these guys, you know, had every right to, and they didn't. And maybe, maybe that's what makes them the great. That's what makes them have more fans than everyone else. I mean, you look at Travis Pastrana, he's come to a handful of our races. I remember at Chicagoland one year he raced and he sat out on a stack of tires out in front of his awning till 10 o'clock at night and signed autographs and talked to people. He didn't leave till every person was gone that was standing there and we were pitted right across from him. And uh, we all sat there and watched it and we're like, that's why that guy will be one of the greatest in the fans eyes, no matter what he does, what place he got anything, regardless of his history, he stands there and talks to every person like they're the same. And, and that's something to hold your head high about and, and give all the respect in the world. So just being able to see people like that. And um, obviously Kyle helped me, when I was kind of starting, uh, go, going through the ranks on my pro two, him and I prepped it for a couple of years and, um, then him going off on his own business and tr us trying to work together as far as getting him on his feet, giving him some business. He gives us business when he doesn't want to do it or vice versa. It's kind of just came natural to me. And, and I feel like any way I can give back to the sport, um, obviously not everyone's as fortunate as I am and get to do it for a living, but without, new people without these people that have the urge to want to race and win and drive and get better. We don't have a sport. We don't have a job. We don't have sponsors to be able to do any of this. So you almost have to think of it from as if you're an owner of it all and, and you want it to live. Like the sport is like one of the greatest hidden secrets. Anyone that comes and sees it, I don't know if I've ever heard someone come to an off-road race and be like, yeah, that was boring. I, I don't ever want to come back you don't hear that very often at a, at a short course race, unless they just are a Karen and don't like that. The fumes may be causing global warming or something like that. <laughs> That's about one of the only reasons I could come up with that, you, that you wouldn't like it, but the sport just doesn't have the following that I feel like it should. I mean, you go watch a NASCAR race and I think 90% of the people I listen to watch about the first 10 laps, they sleep through the, through the middle and they turn it back on with 10 laps to go. And that's what they enjoy of it is, is like that tight racing. Well, you get that full in a short course, the whole race is like that. So, um, just overall, I've, I've had a lot of people that have had every right not to treat me the way they did. And they never went about it that way. And it's kind of just transferred off on me. I mean, you guys had an absolutely incredible Saturday alone. And and how do you take that, like, happiness and just, like you said, that first championship that Kyle had, you got in, you know, your, your seventh Pro Four Points championship, end of a great day on Saturday. And then on Sunday, you got to kind of come back and then, you know, have a different almost mentality how did, how did you approach Sunday then? I know you, I know you've gone through this like a, a bunch of times, but again, that Saturday was different. You know, your cousin just captured that you just captured it. Now you got to go out and do a pro four 
you know, world championship. Kyle's got to do pro light championship. And then you got to do the world cup. How did you kind of have that mentality then on Sunday to still go out and get the job done after you've already had immense success? Um, I think it's flat out, like just your, your mental want to win and like that, that inner dig you get, like either there, there's people that are like, all right, I won the championship or I had a bad day this day or whatever. And are just like, we're just going to call it quits for the weekend or the year, whatever we're going to end like this. And, and that's going to be that I'm not that way. And my team's not that way at the, at the end of the day, your team is there the whole weekend and are there to fight for you the whole weekend. So for you to give up is like giving up on your whole entire team. And that's something that I've been just brought up with not being okay. Either you come here to race the absolute best you can every race you're in, or you don't come at all because it all costs money. It all costs time. It costs, I mean, I have a couple of guys on my team that are flat out volunteers. They take that. They use their, their, paid vacation or vacation time to come to the races and help on the weekends and, and don't expect nothing in return. I mean, we, we do our best to make sure that they're taken care of and, and so on and so forth, but coming to the table, they don't expect nothing in return. So to have people behind you that are willing to do that and then not have the mentality to go out there and do the best you can is just not right in my eyes. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things they could be doing other than sitting there helping you for nothing. So, um, you, you just got to know it, it's like every other race. I mean, it is, and it isn't, it's almost, if you funnel the energy the right way, it's almost like you're more excited for Sunday because now you can go out, you can just drive your heart out. And if you don't have the best day or something happens, it's like, all right, it, it wasn't, a, it didn't mean anything. It wasn't because or it wasn't a championship race. It wasn't, yeah, you may not have got the best payday that you could have or anything like that, but you went out there, you drove the best you can, you had fun. And, and that's what it was all about. And that's what Sunday is. Sunday is your team all have like stress released off of them. Yeah. It, we're, Sunday's still important, but it's not like Saturday. It's not like the, like the championships on the line. It, do you want the best equipment? Absolutely. Is your team going to give you the best equipment? Absolutely. But at the same time, a lot of teams, even on like, say Sunday at Cranion, don't even run a hot pit because it's like that not all the races have a halfway caution or um, whatever. It, it was a, it's a good time for your team to be able to have fun and watch races as well. Like be able to go up there, guys that have been stuck in the hot pit all year long that got to see 10% of the track for a good amount of the races or 30% of the track can go up there and stand in the bleachers like a lot of the other people and watch the races all weekend long. So, or all day long. So, um, it's bittersweet. I mean, you don't have the pressure, which some people feed off of, but at the end of the day, it's like, you can, you can smile no matter what you can go out there and have fun, put out the best you can. And at the end of the weekend, know like you gave it your all, you had a good day Saturday and, and Sunday's, Sunday's all just for more or less a pat on the back. If you can go out there and get it done, it's like, hell yeah, you, you were the man to beat all weekend. And if you don't, it's like, we had a, we had a good weekend. We had a good year. I was glad we're all able to have fun and move on from here. So on Sunday, you, uh, you went out, obviously you, you won the, 
pro four world championship. Kyle won the pro light world championship. And then you went out for the world cup race uh, and you won that bad boy. Uh, first off, you know, as your first, I think cup win in four years. And then you were able to kind of share that moment um, with, with Kyle. Like uh, how, how big was that moment to kind of share that with Kyle, especially after the weekend that you guys had? It, it was one that will probably never be repeated in history. I don't, I don't know that <laughs> any of that will ever happen again. I mean, obviously, unless Corey races, there's not going to be, or, or one of us have a kid and they race in the next 15 years or something. There won't be another Greaves that, well, I guess our cousin, he doesn't really race, but if he decided to, that, um, is even there and eligible to be able to line up a, a weekend like that. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't script that. You couldn't script a weekend like that in general with, um, I mean, starting off on Saturday, Kyle leading flag to flag, winning the championship. And then I go out in pro four. I just need to make a lap. Um, I did the same thing I did last year, let everybody go, make sure I get what I need to do, get done and then go race and have fun. And with freaking a lap or two to go here, I am in second and right behind Andrew and, um, <laughs> Andrew gets a flat tire and here we are leading the race with a lap to go and wasn't even a real realistically expecting to be on the podium. I mean, we had one goal in that race and it was to go out and win the championship. It wasn't to go out and win the race. It was, let's be smart. Let's do what we need to do to wrap up the championship and then whatever happens from there on happens. And then Sunday we go out and we race for wins. That, that was kind of the mindset going into it. Well, here we are at the end of Saturday, Kyle wins the championship. Somehow I end up winning the points race and we're both sitting there at the end, like, holy man, like this all just happened. And then Sunday morning comes and um, I think I raced before Kyle and I was able to pull the whole shot and lead every lap of the pro four race. And I was like, man, like this is freaking crazy. And then not only that Kyle pulls the whole shot and leads every lap of the pro light race. And him and I, after the races are just sitting there like, can you believe this shit? Like, <laughs> did this really just happen? Like, like you couldn't write it any better than this. And me being just the way I am, I'm like, all right, I've already had a pretty freaking good weekend like I don't, I don't know how much better it can get going into the cup race like by no means did i feel like i had the speed absolutely um my truck was good all weekend like our team was good like everything was vibing and gelling really good did i think we had a good shot at it absolutely but in the back of my mind i'm like the odds that i'm going to be able to win the spring run cup race and then come to fall run and win every single race in all weekend or all the pro four races all weekend long let's be real here. Like that's like slim to none chances, chances. And then we get a good start in the, in the cup race. Uh, I pulled the whole shot in that too, and just started picking them off. And then freaking two laps to go, uh, I caught Mickey and, uh, Ryan and got around them. And I'm like going into turn one on the last lap, like one thinking, what do you think Capert's thinking right now? And two, <laughs> and two, this is unbelievable. I can't believe this is happening right now. And then to get out of the truck and then my whole family and crew and all my friends and um, 
Kyle and obviously his family and all their crew and everyone's down there. We're all just sitting there in, in like, ah, like there's like this, this is something that'll probably never, ever happen again. So to be able to sit here and do it one time with all of our family here and not just being special for say my dad and myself's team or um, Kyle's team and being able to have like that family, even though we're two different teams racing in different classes, but to have all that same success on one night was freaking or one weekend was just incredible. I mean, I think it, 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 he, his family will probably say the same thing. It'll go down as like just one of those moments you'll never forget. And then after the races, um, we started this, we started, I think last year, the year before bringing all of our old body panels that we've collected throughout the years and whatever. And there's always so many fans and so many kids that all want parts after the race. And you feel so bad, like only having like one or two and giving them out and whatever. So we just started a thing like collecting it all year long and then bringing it to fall and stacking it up in the back and then just having a pile of it and cutting it up and, and having like fun with the fans and having fun like with that fan interaction. And then to be able to bring Kyle brought over body work, Corey winter brought over body work. I mean, the, the crowd that was there and the people that were there was, was incredible. I mean, it was, it was just something that you'd never believe in. Like we, my, my uncle Kurt was standing there and there'd just be tears dripping down his face as Kyle and Corey and everyone were handing out parts and the, and the fans were yelling the whole time. It was, it was just, it was flat out incredible. Like something that you would never even dream of or even try to write a script about. Cause you're like, it, it ain't going to happen. So the, the fact that, it all happened on a weekend like that is just something that'll never be forgotten within our family, within our teams, everything. It was just a weekend that'll forever be remembered. Yeah. I mean, you guys were pretty loud and um, obnoxious when Lyle and I were trying to conduct an interview with Jared Brooks to kind of wrap up rush too, but you know, that's whatever, like, we'll, we'll, forgive you, I guess. we'll, we'll, we'll just, uh, you know, give you a pass, I guess. But, um, no, I mean, dude, he could have so brought over some fiberglass and joined in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should have, man. We should have had uh, JB be like, yo, man, come on. We we know you got some. Um, yeah. Dude, so Sunday, man, obviously incredible weekend. You know, you cut up some body parts, like truck parts, not like Dahmer body parts. <laughs> you, truck up, you cut up some body parts, you know, you drink, blackout grab some boobies and then like, like what do you remember from uh, like from Sunday then like for was, was CJ party mode, like fully hundred percent on. Oh, it was on. It was, <laughs> it was full on. I don't think I was quite to the level of Kyle. I, I wasn't, I wasn't at the, I wasn't at the blackout mode, like where I don't remember anything, but I was for surely like grayed out. Like there's, there's spots where you're like, Hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't really remember that. But you remember a good part of it. So <laughs> it, it was well, basically what saved me is I don't know what the, the old group therapy is now. Uh, 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 Night Owl. Night Owl. We went there and ordered well, after they kicked us out of the, the bar and then Keegan kicked us all out. We, cut, we hit up Double J and he parked the bus out in front of the uh, out in front of the barn. And we all jumped on that bitch and went downtown until they kicked us out. While we were there, we ordered like three things of cheese bread and like two or three pizzas. That was key. That was key <laughs> to not feeling like Kyle the next day. I remember getting up Monday morning 
and having to tear down because we left our awning up, which we usually never do because then you got to tear it down Monday morning, which sucks. And having to tear that down and Kyle coming over and looking at him and he is like, dude, I am rough. Like <laughs> I can't hardly function. Yeah. And luckily my sister, um, opened her own business called rain and they do like those liquid IVs and all that stuff. And she brought, um, hangover liquid IVs or whatever. And I'm like, Kyle, are you scared of needles? Nope. Uh, I'm good. I'm like, Jessica's here. She can give you an IV. Like you'll probably feel better. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, let's do it. Cause I feel terrible. Luckily I was not in that boat, but I will tell you Monday we went up to the cabin. I slept either on the boat. I didn't drink a whole lot and I didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> Dude. Dude. I can't even imagine, man. Like you usually whenever, when Keegan wins, he doesn't even make it off the track. Like he doesn't, he goes to pavilion and he's so hammered. He doesn't even make it to the bar. So right. I was actually really surprised. So my Sunday night, I'm, I was in a good, I was in a good brownout. I don't remember too much either, but what I do remember is I finally sat down near like the end of, or near the back of uh night owl. I sat down, I'm talking to a buddy of mine and the person next to me gets up and leaves and they leave. And then in my peripherals, I look over and fucking boom, you're sitting there. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what are you? I was like, when did you get here? And you, I think you were like, oh, I just got here. And, I was, and then I think we talked for like 10 or 15 minutes. And then I was so drunk. I had to leave. Yes. You called your mom or somebody <laughs> to come pick you up. I remember having this conversation at the table on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. I called my mom. I was like, mom, I'm ready to go. I'm fucking hammered right now. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't remember exactly if it was your mom, but I think it was. It was, it was. I totally got oh. 32 years old. I called my mom to come pick me up for the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That happened. But no, dude, I was, I was a bag of dicks too. When I had to drive all the way to or ride all the way to Minneapolis and I just slept the whole time. And it was a uh, absolutely God awful. Um, boys, do you guys have uh, anything for uh, Mr. Crazy Joe Greaves at all about his Labor Day weekend or any off season plans or anything like that? No, I'm just happy to hear his voice. Nope. Hey, I got to I got to see you at Pine Ridge do three laps. I saw. Hey, thank you. Yep. How thank good you. was seeing Jeffrey on a dirt bike again? <laughs> it was pretty good. I like, didn't see you on a dirt bike though, Lyle. I, was, I saw you putting your gear on, but I didn't actually physically see you. Up there. I was just putting it on for warmth that day. For warmth. Yeah. <laughs> I just it wanted to watch pretty, Jeffrey ride. It was pretty. Did cool. Did you burn a lap or two? I went out there a few times. <laughs> me and Jeffrey shared the bike, so I was more happy to let him use it more than me. Yeah. Dude, your dad was ripping. Yeah. Your dad, looked, right? like a, your dad <laughs> looked like a teenager on that bike. Like a freaking kid in the candy store ripping the old 125. Yep. Thank Just you. Full wide open clutch in <laughs> blast and burns. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Johnny G out there? Jeffrey made a comment. He's like, I don't know, man. It looks like he's faster than CJ right now. <laughs> right. He was on it. He was just freaking ripping. Yeah, that was that was good to see you guys ride again. I mean, I don't think I've seen you ride in like two years, probably. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute. I didn't ride hardly at all last year, and obviously this year with a torn ACL, I was pretty skeptical oh, yeah. about. I forgot that. about riding. <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah, when's that? When's that bad boy getting replaced or fixed? 
Uh, it's on pause right now. So the doctor that I was going to see is the football, well, the Packers coach or medical coach, whatever, Dr. Mm-hmm. McKenzie. And he's yep. kind of old school when it comes to knee surgeries. And I've had a couple people tell me that. And he basically told me that he won't give me the go to do anything unless I give it nine to 11 months of recovery with two hours of physical therapy, six days a week. Damn. Jesus. <laughs> Holy I'm like, fuck. I don't know. Like, I don't, how can anybody do that? Like other than a football player that's collecting a paycheck, no matter what, how is that yeah. realistic to anybody? Mm-hmm. And he was just, so I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't go through with it obviously. And then, um, he told me it would be three months before he'd clear me to even go back to work. I'm like, you don't, you don't realize this. This ain't going to work. Like <laughs> this ain't going to work. Yeah, and that's... I have a couple of motocross friends that, um, have had multiple knee surgeries and sh- shoulder surgery and whatever else. And they, uh, they go to a different place and there's some doctors that are, I would say, um, more like specialists at shoulders and knees that there are other surgeries out there that have a lot less recovery time. Like my buddy just got one done and he was walking and back to like normal in six weeks and was back to racing a dirt bike in three months. So, but that doctor does like an internal bracing. They actually take some like muscle from somewhere else and they add it in there and actually add another brace in your knee. And I asked Mackenzie about it. And he like instantaneously just like shut me down and wouldn't even like answer a question about it. Nothing. He was just basically like, no. And I was like, well, all right then. <laughs> Didn't even want to hear it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So he obviously knows about it, but I, he's probably really busy. And I would guess statistically on paper, his, his recovery, whatever you want to call it, stats are probably pretty good. If, if he requires you to go nine or 11 months. Before he lets you do anything, yeah, you probably, I would say majority of your clients are probably going to make a full recovery where, say, the other guy does internal bracing is a little more free with you. Maybe his recovery rate isn't as good on paper because people feel like they're stronger and can go do stuff and he's not as strict with it. But at the same token, it has to, it has to make sense for me. Obviously, King of the Hammers is one of the most important races I do. And um, Mackenzie and I were going back and forth about it. He's like, can't you just call in and say, you can't do it. You're hurt. I'm like, you don't understand. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell coach. uh, Yeah. I'm like, I can't do that. Like if I don't do this race, I don't get paid. Like it's in my contract that if, if there's races that I can't do because I'm hurt or something, my sponsors have the right to feel that this is this much of your wagers or whatever go towards that event. And if you're not there, they can legally ask for money back. And then you're sitting there like, wow, I really fucked up now. Um, and he just was like, all right, well, well, I'm like, King of the Hammers is like four months away. Like, you don't think I can like sit down and drive a car in four months? And he's like, nope, nope, nope. And then towards <laughs> the end, he, he told me like, why don't we do this? We'll, uh, we'll, we'll review it the week before you race. And if we don't think it's good, then you can't race. And if we all agree that it's far enough along that you can race that, then we'll clear you to race it. And I could tell already just by like everything he was telling me beforehand that that was just like a, 
like a hopes and dreams. And it was really yeah. just another way to say no. Yeah. It's a bunch, so, bunch of malarkey. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I went, I'm going to go this summer. Um, the other doctors in Appleton that actually does like specializes just in ACLs and knees. And I'm going to go down there this summer and get all my consultations. And I'm sure they're going to want their own MRI or whatever, all that stuff done and see if I can't get in the week after the last race of 2023. If I can get in the week after the race, no matter what, I should be ready for KOH. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, And and like you said, though, is like McKenzie's out there. He's trying to get these athletes back on the field, you know, and and I and I feel like an ACL knee that needs to get back in the NFL is a lot different than an ACL knee that needs to, you know, drive a truck. Right. And And I thought the same thing. Yeah. And and I get like, I don't know, like you said, he's old school. You, You have it. You have a formula for recovery, but that formula of recovery shouldn't be the same you know, for you. So, I mean, is that safe to say then that you will not be participating in the 2023 foot race points (laughs) championship season? Oh, it's already messed up. What's there to do now? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I like that. Also, Oh, I I forgot to ask you um, too, dude, were you a big fan of that? uh, So, I don't think anyone else like really kind of got a good angle at it. Uh, but when you were b- battling your dad on Sunday, you made a sweet pass on the inside. I mean, that was a hell of a clip, that, uh, you know, that was shared. I mean, wh- what are your thoughts on that to have that priceless gem shown of you and your dad battling it out and you passed him? I mean, it had to have come from you. <laughs> After a lead up like that, it had to have come yep. from you. So it was, it was, how much better can you ask? <laughs> That's the only thing he's been talking about was that clip for the past month. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it was the money shot. Yeah, what more it, can you say? It was, it was. <laughs> but right? yeah, so, you know, was... if they had something better, they would have shared that instead. Yeah. And they did it. Yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. Oh, I had to hound Jeffrey on, on sharing it even. Uh... I was sharing, I was waiting until we all got service so people no. could see it. No, we waited and I was like, I'll post it for Tito. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's proud of this one. I'll even take he's CJ in it. So at the bit going, why the heck? I get a good shot and they won't share it. Nope. What the heck? That's exactly, exactly. What He even put oh, yeah, music to I it like, and shared it to us. He's like, what do you guys think of this? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we'll post he was, it. He was serving it up to you like, come on, guys, here it is. Yeah. Right there. You have something to beat it. I don't think so. Put it out there. Oh, that's funny. Like, oh, I can hear myself. (laughs) Oh, uh. (laughs) why? I I don't know. I can hear myself on the mic, Jeffrey. Oh, wait, not anymore. All right. That was super weird. Maybe maybe it's time. The creator's telling us something. Yeah, maybe it's it's time. You guys have any? (laughs) (laughs) I'm hearing myself. Me to be humble. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh fuck. Yeah, but no, I'm good. No, I'm good. But all right, dude. Hey, man. Again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to uh, you know uh, have us call you and just talk about your uh, race season. And, um, yeah, man, dude, again, thank you so much. We, we really appreciate, uh, all your help and words and advice and whatnot. Absolutely guys. Glad to be a part of it. Hopefully we can keep the ball rolling this off season in this winter or this winter and next year. And 
I hear a lot of good things about the Impulse Media Show. So <laughs> any any way I can participate to keep that going, I'm always here and willing to do it, boys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's why we awesome. love you. All right, guys. Yep. Chicken like peace. Right. Later. Later. <laughs> See ya. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh the, man dude he's just he's a good interview dude he is he yeah is. he's so yeah. good like how long was that interview probably an hour and five minutes yeah like i said like it's just he's just so knowledgeable <laughs> on shit and he goes into depth and yeah, he actually he, tells you like and how, he don't, how yeah, it is yeah and he don't leave anything out it's crazy mm-hmm. like even just when you're talking about your guys's weekend this weekend you know he didn't leave anything out yeah, yeah, it's good. Super fucking random. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, this thing is like, it was super random for me, and then to hear like his weekend on how like the chances of that happening were so small, and then for him to be like, oh yeah, no, it's super. I think it's super random for everyone. Yeah. But, um. No, and I really appreciate it too. Kind of just uh, going in about like weekend stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of being their first cousin, and and yep. it's great to have like drivers or anyone else in the series kind of open up about that and, and be, you know, I don't want to say like be a human being or be real about it, but I mean, a, a lot of people unfortunately get those podium speeches and, and I feel like we're pretty super lucky to to get other stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Jeffrey's not listening. Nope. Oh, I know. Well, yeah, I know. I guess, it's, I guess not, it's time to wrap up. Yeah, we're yeah. to wrap up. Yeah. He's not yeah. even yeah. here yeah. anymore. Yeah. 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 Thanks for listening yeah. to us. Yeah. Show. I had a lot of fun. At least you guys are listening to Jeffrey. Yeah. Thank you guys yeah. so much for. Here with uh, Lyle and Jeffrey. Crazy Joe Music. Yeah. Good episode. All righty, guys. We will talk to you next week. I love you guys. Bye. Come on, you guys. All right. See you guys later. Peace. This is how legends are made.